The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's Black Friday, so I got a podcast for your shopping commute. We got a special interview with Yahoo Sports' Jake Fisher, who spills the tea around the league circles. What's happening with trade rumors? What's happening with Zach Levine? What's happening with the Minnesota Timberwolves and more? We talk about all things NBA. Since everyone's looking for a bargain today, we also got a special interview with Jason and John on ESPN 92.9 to talk about the Grizzlies. Should they tank? I think they might. Finally, we'll toss in a little Sacramento talk, especially considering Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox are balling out. It's the holiday season, folks. So, William, do me a favor and drop that motherfucking beat. It should be the We start this Black Friday with a special interview with Jake Fisher. He joined me and my co-host Nick Ashu and Ryan Horvath on BetMGM Tonight. He gets into whether the Sixers will make a big swing for a star this year. Whether the Warriors are going to move on from Kaminga because they are buns without any other co-star with Steph Curry. And how the Bulls want to ditch Zach Levine, ASAP Rocky, as well as some other news from around the league. Great interview. Tap in. All right, we bring on Jake Fisher, senior NBA reporter for Yahoo Sports. And let's talk about those Sixers for a second. I mean, they're down right now to the Cavs. I get it. It's only one game in the in-season tournament. But, like, when you look at the Sixers' big picture for the season, do you see a team that can kind of keep the pace they're on right now? Or could you see Milwaukee overtaking them and the Sixers maybe kind of evening out a little bit? It does seem like Philly's kind of cemented themselves in that Milwaukee-Boston tier that it seems most pundits and people around the league kind of had the Eastern Conference hierarchy. But I do think Philly and people around the Sixers are are under the impression that they need to figure this new roster out in the post-James Harden trade where Kelly Oubre should come back from his curious injury situation. They have all these picks now to figure out what this roster can do, but I think they know of those two, of those, of those three teams at the top that they're probably the most unfinished product in terms of, of roster building right now. You are the Daryl Morey whisperer. <laughs> uh, Am I? You are. I think you are. I mean, you've been in on what the Sixers have been doing behind the scenes for a long time now, as, as far as I can tell. Uh, I don't feel like they should make any moves for a star. It feels like the culture and the chemistry on this team is clicking at a, at a level that we haven't seen for Philly. And the stink of losing where you just feel like Philly is going to choke things out, uh, ch- choke it up in the playoffs, it just doesn't feel like that now. Uh, 
what do you sense in terms of what Daryl Morey is going to do with Philly uh, at the deadline? I definitely never whispered to him. We, we spent we spent some time together, spent many a phone call, no okay. whispers. I th- I think right now the Sixers are enjoying and evaluating just how great Tyrese Maxey can be. And to your point, Trista, like what type of player can best optimize him and Joel Embiid as opposed to going into this year and from the get-go, the, the rhetoric we you know you heard around the Sixers from James Harden's trade request back in July was, well, what can I do to support the reigning MVP? That, that calculus has now changed when Tyrese Maxey is putting up numbers in his fourth season that rivals Steph Curry back in his fourth season. Not to say he's going to get to that level, but when he's presenting as like an all-NBA candidate, I think that changes things where, you know, Damian Lillard was someone that the Sixers obviously called about when he requests out of Portland. And, you know, there's the thought of would there be like a real point guard as opposed to the combo guy that Tyrese has. So I agree with you that I think his progression and just how much they've really benefited from him being on the ball, it kind of does make more sense. And I think the Sixers are open to this idea of maybe just trading one pick or maybe one pick and something else for – someone who's like a ceiling raiser for this team because they do value all the cap space they're going to have this summer. And, and the Sixers will be happy to say that of all the teams in the contending picture, they're going to have the most cap space of any to offer some disgruntled, you know, veteran who could just decide, I want to go play with those two guys in South or in Philadelphia. What do you think about Danilo Gallinari for the Sixers? It looks like the Wizards are expected to move him. Do you think that's a ceiling raiser? Yeah, I'm surprised Gallo is even on the Wizards roster. I thought he could cut and find his way to a better situation in the summer. I, he wouldn't be worth a first-round pick. So someone like him, I think, yeah, he, he fits right along the mold of Robert Covington, Nicholas Patum, these like bigger wings who, as they've aged, are kind of more stretched for men that Philly kind of has in the rotation. Jake, what are you hearing in league circles right now in terms of just the early response to the uh, in-season tournament and how it's gone? It's been mixed. I think people have had fun making fun of the courts, and <laughs> when coaches go out there for pregame warm-ups to get through shots with their guys, they're like, you see everyone kind of scuffing their shoes along the court and seeing what that thing looks like as opposed to what it is on TV. Um, I, th- I think with like the bracket and stuff, it's been obvious from like the reaction to, to bring it back to the Sixers and B's like last second shot. And I forget whatever game that was, but like the tiebreakers and the point differential and all this, I think is something that a lot of players and coaches just aren't really concerning themselves with because these are just regular season games. Like uh, until you get to the final Vegas stage, all these games are just double counting as an in-season tournament game and a regular season game. So the court is different. There's some jerseys that are different. There are added stakes in theory. Like the feel of it from a real level, not like the sizzle level, it's just another game. So I don't think there's been like a dramatic, you know, acceptance or pushback towards it. But I think people are like intrigued by it and they're generally open to an idea that should benefit the overall business of the sport. We knew Chicago was going to be bad, Jake. We knew. Uh, but the, where it is now is downright toxic. Zach Levine pouting after the game, shrugging off the PR woman uh, after DeMar DeRozan took over against the Heat uh, in the fourth quarter. 
Like, where are we at on Zach Levine? His camp is now putting out uh, some of the places that are his trade destinations that are preferred. Kings are now rumored to be in the mix. Like, what do you think happens there? And where the, where is Chicago at in terms of their roster from what you're hearing? Yeah, you can read about some of those preferences on Yahoo Sports. I think the market for Levine is moving more slowly than the Bulls would like. And that's a combination of factors in that Zach Levine has four years, $180 million left on his contract, including this season. And he has never really had much of an impact on winning basketball. So his contract by a lot of front offices is kind of seen as like a negative as opposed to the Bulls viewing him as this multi-time all-star and valuing him for a level of, of like a superstar package where you'd get back multiple picks and potentially a young player in mind. So I just think ultimately the Bulls are going to end up having to be, you know, their course of action is going to be determined by what, by what the market presents themselves. It's not like Portland where everyone thought that the Heat were going to just walk their way into a Damian Lillard package because there was no other bidder out there that could provide as much. You know, Milwaukee proved that to be a lot different than what the circumstances seem to be. I can tell you right now, though, like, it's just it's too early, I think, for a team before free agent contracts all kick in to become trade eligible in December and then later in January. And the fact that you know, with the new CBA, the second tax luxury apron that a lot of teams are going to be really scared of, it's just going to be a difficult circumstance to pay someone that much money, $40, $50 million in average annual value, when they've never really shown that they can provide what that contract is actually you know, supposed to be bringing. Talking to Jake Fisher, BetMGM tonight. Uh, speaking of teams that you know m- maybe could be involved in trades, or maybe it's just trade rumors, like the Knicks and Carl Anthony Towns. You just you hear this rumor all the time, and it's been I feel like it's been like five years of this now. The Knicks sit at yeah, eight and the six. Knicks like them, they like Joel Embiid, they like Giannis, they like everyone. They like everyone. <laughs> but is there is there any truth to the Carl? Because right now, I mean, the Timberwolves look really good. They're ten and three. This is a team where it kind of looks like maybe that whole thing might actually click. Could you see the t- a team like the Knicks? getting aggressive if they kind of hover around 500 the way that they are right now? Yeah, they have the depth of a team very similar to, like, the Clippers before Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got there. They've got seven, eight guys that would look really good behind one true alpha that is not on the Knicks roster. How aggressive will they be to add to that? I'm not so sure right now, being that I don't think the guys that they would really – you know, qualify as someone demonstrably better than Jalen Brunson or, or on the board. Like, could Carl Tate Towns, in theory, be that number one offensive option that could raise the, the Knicks' ceiling? In theory, but this is a front office that kind of clutched their pearls and didn't go all in on Donovan Mitchell last summer because they wanted to still have an asset pool available to be able to get someone better than Donovan. And right now, I just don't see that player becoming available, and I don't see New York kind of splurging too soon when they can hope that Joel Embiid decides to look his way towards New York, New York in two years or anyone. Like, fill in the blank. I think the Knicks have lofty aspirations on who could be that guy and who they actually would be willing to pay up for. And until that type of player really becomes available, I don't think they're just going to like take a halfway measure to get a little bit better. Speaking of Minnesota, you know, it's a small market team, and they're probably going to be very deep into the luxury tax. 
uh, once McDaniel's contract takes effect. Now that they're the number one seed in the West, they're the number one defense in the West with Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. The spacing somehow looks pretty good. Like, what do you think happens with this team? Do they continue to keep this roster together? Do they look to move Cat? Because right now it feels like Cat's kind of immovable. For sure. you got to take your hat off to head coach Chris Finch. He's made a lot of weird puzzle pieces seemingly fit super well so far this year. But from the cap standpoint, to your point, Tristan, I mean, you could talk to the savviest cap guys in front offices around the league, and they will spell out like a doomsday scenario for pretty much every single team that has a lot of veteran, you know, high-paid talent on, on their roster that's in the contending sphere. Like, you could look at Denver right now, and you could say, just like they did with letting Bruce Brown walk this summer, like, Katavis Cole Pope is in the last year of his deal. Like, do the Nuggets try to move him before he goes for a $20 million contract next summer? Like, you can make this argument with any team. I think with, with the Timberwolves, I'd be surprised if anything happened this year based on, A, how well it's all going, and, B, this is kind of like one true last year before Jaden McDaniels' massive contract kicks in next year, too before Anthony Edwards' extension comes in. This is kind of the one year that you really can't afford that bill. But there are absolutely questions about Minnesota's willingness to pay this tax compared to other teams because their new ownership structure with Mark Lurie and Alex Rodriguez, they have kind of, you know, it's been a, an open secret around the league that they've kind of needed as much time as they can, is all I, all I really say, to be able to, come together with all the incremental payments that they've owed Glenn Taylor to buy 20% at a time of the majority stake of the franchise. So is that really an ownership makeup that's going to want to be cutting $100 million checks every year for a, a roster? I think there's a lot of skepticism about that. Our dubs, Jake, our dubs, they look terrible. Everyone outside of Steph has been straight buns. I saw on first take again, it was how do we get Steph some more help? Turns out those, these guys at one point were all-stars, all-NBA guys, but uh, apparently they're bums now. So what, what do you think the Warriors do? I think the Warriors are still kind of trying to hope and wait and see if one of Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or, you know, they've had these new rookies and pods and, uh, and Trace, who you know, I think they think will be rotation pieces, but they kind of really need Jonathan Kaminga to click or – he's going to have to be the real trade chip for them where he's the one guy similar to bring us back to Chicago, Patrick Williams with the Bulls, the number four pick in the same draft, that 2020 draft where Kaminga went set, or no, sorry, Kaminga was in 2021 draft, excuse me, but similar type of like raw upside player that was supposed to complement a veteran group in the lottery and just has never really hit. I think he's the player to look at where, if he doesn't turn some corner, and he's playing much better this season, he's definitely up around 13 points per game, and he's like bringing a consistent type of presence. He's not like you just throw him out there and you have no idea what you're going to get out of him. But until he emerges as like the bona fide sixth, seventh man, sixth man in this rotation, he is going to be just on a surface level. It's pretty obvious without even you know making all the intel calls. He's the trade piece for them to try to dangle to see what they can get back. But outside of him, I, I don't really see a, a real swing factor on this roster right now. To your point, it, it's not the deep, uh, like, encouraging unit that, that Golden State has had in the past. 
Yeah, and just watching Steph Curry play at this high level for Sick. as long as he has while everybody Sick. else just seems to be aging in the wrong way with the Warriors. Another testament to the, the career that he's had. Jake Fisher, Yahoo Sports. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks, guys. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Up next, we talk to ESPN 929 Jason L. Smith in Memphis. We get into a great discussion around the Grizzlies. What will this team look like when Jaw gets back? Maybe five, six wins. What the future in Memphis might be after this year? It's a great interview as well. A lot of them are. We wouldn't give them to you if they weren't. Her name is Trista Crick, host of Bet MGM tonight. And keep check with Trista Crick NBA podcast on the Odyssey Network. We're blessed to have her. Join us every Tuesday. We do it, Trista, without John. He's in Aruba. I think it was Serbia last time I was uh, doing the show uh, with you solo dolo here, and now he's in Aruba. He's a real world traveler. We ain't worried about John, though, because he's not working. We're worried about those who are. And I would tell you uh, that Trista here in Memphis, the hits just keep on coming. I don't know if you've seen it, but now forget just Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark. Got Kennard out, Xavier Tillman's out. That's on top of Marcus Smart being out. Do you feel sorry for us yet? No. Damn, you're cold. You are cold. I cold hearted. I, I feel bad for the fans. I guess I feel bad for the fans. My mom has always said what goes around comes around. Oh, no. You know, karma's, karma's a bitch. And y'all were very loud. You know, we are good in the West. <laughs> so it's, as much as I can hear Brad laughing, as much as I, uh, I care about Memphis Grizzlies fans, I think it's just a little spoonful of humble pie. Just the, uh, you know, a part-time setback for a major comeback. Well, we had hoped that that was over with the, uh, you know, with what the uh, the Lakers had served you last season. You know, we've called it the great humbling, to your point about we got real loud last year, thought we'd arrived, and, you know, Dylan's out talking, you call out LeBron, and, and they, you know, they give it to you on a spoon, and you hate the taste of it, but it has sort of gone into this season. Now we'll push back on you. I don't think we deserve this much. Where you're out there trying to throw out Vince Williams and all that, like you don't even have enough bodies to play an NBA game. John Conchar 
started the last game, Trista, against the Boston Celtics. So I do think that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit harsh to say we deserve this much. Uh, but that said, it has been extremely difficult for this team. I mean, to just to even throw out bodies. I don't know if you've seen it though. Uh, we're looking for any signs of hope. And did you see Santi Aldama against the Celtics, a game that uh, Memphis actually could have won here at home, and Santi's going off for 28 and 12 and 6? I've always liked Santi Aldama. He's the one role player that I used to bet on his rebounds a lot last Ah. year. I would bet on his steals as well. When Jaron was out, he was really, really important for your team. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of like Santi Aldama. I know Jaron's defensive player of the year, but... What are we really talking about? So, yeah, that's the one bright spot. It's kind of a pandemic year for you guys. Remember when you guys would get, you know, teams would get COVID and they'd throw yes. out these G-leaguers? It's bad. And you're like, who are these guys? That's yeah. what's happening with Memphis on a night-to-night basis. Um, ideally, and I know you, you have, you have, you have uh, described this at one point as, as the worst roster in the NBA. Ideally, you know, and you get Marcus Smart back and you get Job back. Are you closer to... Are you oh, we're getting closer every day, but we're getting closer every day, baby. Now I looked up, and that Portland team. What y'all all seven in a row? Y'all ain't doing too much of anything either. Uh, but it is. It's probably. It's probably the right now today. It is the Grizzlies. But when they've got pieces back, and ideally, like I was saying, uh, you'll have Santi coming off the bench, and maybe that bringing that production there back. I just. I, I do wonder, Tristan. We've asked the question now locally because we've had to look in the mirror. You're staring. You're staring at three and ten. You know, you 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 won't have job back for another twelve, and so you really could be talking about you know, five wins or six wins, if it's even that when Ja gets back. And you just wonder, is that too big a hole for what Ja's coming back to to try to go up and get one of those playing spots? What do you think? If that's around 40, do you think Ja can come in here and win 34 games over that final? What would it be, 57? Is that a possibility or would you count us out at that point? I think it might be time for you to uh, don't take a page out of the Portland Trailblazers handbook and just start deciding maybe you want to shut it down. You can't. You want to just you can't. decide to you'll try to compete. Everybody wants to win games, but you need a high draft pick, and the, the low ones that you've had haven't been great. I am not near a computer because I've been out and about. Do you have your own 2024 first-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, it was Golden State's we sent okay, up to, so for Marcus Smart. Yeah. yeah, so everything's all good. You know, everything's good. You can the great tank is on, uh, and because because we know that like a pick in the twenties, which is where you kind of been, ain't gonna do anything. The the front office hasn't done a lot with those picks. We've gotten some GGs and some TTs and some you know some guys that are great, GGs but like you're gonna take some you gotta get some seasoning on them, and I think you need somebody who's a little bit more. NBA ready to come in and contribute on this team starting next year. So that's what I that's what I think you should do. It's kind of like Steph Curry's year that he he got that hand injury. They ended up having the number two overall pick. Why not do that? Well, there's no guarantee that you that you get that two pick, right? I mean, so much of it's is, is balls, but here is is lottery balls. But here's the uh, and it did go their way balls. for John Morant. That said, Trista, you've got Bain, Jaron, and Ja signed up all together. For the next three, after that, Jaron's a free agent, and so my fear is is that you start tanking now, right? For some rookie who probably let's let's be real, probably isn't going to be maybe 
I, I, I've looked at the draft. I don't see anybody that's going to come in there and be ready to play the three at a point where you're ready to uh, go fly through the playoffs or win a championship. You, you've, you, you know, you set a, a, a tone if you're tanking this year for Jaron, particularly. He's the first one up in terms of contract that's like, like – you know, as an organization, we're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. And I'm not sure you can do that at this point. It's so important for those those three guys, number one, to get back on the court, which is what the rest of this year is about. And you getting data and what the three of them together finally looks like with, you know, whether it's Marcus Smart or some other move. But if you just do a throwaway, Trista, what does it say to Jaron Jackson about this organization and its, you know, commitment to trying to win right now? If, it's, if, if, I, if you're going to keep kicking the can down the road and keep trying to hit on draft picks, at some point these vets are going to see another opportunity, right? And I'm pointing at Jaron because he's the first one up and say, no, I'm rolling from that, right? They're going to question your front office. No, we had we had an opportunity in a window, and you guys blew it. That's why you can't tank. That'd be my put my, my the way I would uh, push back. Do already question front office and things that they've well, done and the lack of moves that they've made? Listen, this front office, you know, it, it did get Brandon Clark. It also got uh, Desmond Bain, who's playing at an all-star level at, what, number 30. And there's a possibility that even that Zaire Williams draft that you traded and you did end up getting Steven Adams for Jonas, that was better for the team. Zaire has not looked good, but if you also got Santi there. And if it's the Santi we've seen last couple of games, then you got to come all the way up to the LaRavia draft, the one that you can eat, you know, point to and without any pushback say that was a bad draft for them. And, yes, last year they made mistakes. And Zach Kleiman admitted it, and I hate I'm in a position where I'm defending them, but it's true in, in this situation where they doubled down on youth that didn't work, and that's why they go out and get a Marcus Smart. Um, but right now, I mean, they've still got more hits, Trista, in terms of draft, Bain being right at the top of that, than they, than they do misses, and especially if Santi can come through. I mean, you can't control Brandon Clark being out as much as, you know, as tough as that is. So they've still got more hits than misses, but no, you're absolutely right that Here's the issue, Trista. You did a great job drafting and getting some foundational pieces and really that third piece to go with Jaron and Ja. But now it's about whether this young front office, that climate is still young, can take the next step, right? That's what he had. You were trying to do it with youth and letting Melton and Kyle Anderson move on, and it didn't work. And now, you know, how can you get Memphis to the next spot? Those guys were critical. They were, were and and they missed them now. There's no question. And that was a mistake. Melton. Particularly, it was a mistake to go so young. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Melton is balling in in Philly, and and so is Shlomo. Those were two key pieces to lose. I think, yeah, but maybe you want to say, well, is this a lost season anyway? If it's a lost season anyway... Then what's the point? You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose games. You probably don't even need to try to tank in order to get a top ten pick. And maybe you try to do a, a sign and trade with, you know, Toronto and try to get OG. They're gonna they're I, gonna lose Pascal and OG this year. They will. I, I see what this is. Is that you don't forgot how good Jai is on that court? Uh, you've been, you know, and I know you've had to you've had to do it. It's uh, you've you had to go out there and blast him on social media and everything else, and we've had to scold him here and say, "Man, what are you doing?" But you've forgotten how good that man is on that floor. He makes I players better, you. Trista. He makes those around oh. him better in addition to, you know, the the production that he gives you. What is it, twenty six and eight if or whatever? You are it is. six and nineteen. It's gonna be tough, but can you get thirty four? Twenty. Yeah. And you and you and okay, so that's twenty five games in, right? Yep. Yep. And you don't have Marcus for probably. Until probably he comes back. So you got to integrate him in. Then you, what, what's really a reasonable expectation? You're not going to go 80% win percentage with Jaw. That's just a ridiculous notion. No, I mean, so you're, you're probably, yeah. probably going to get 
we'll call it 60%, 55%, something like that. I'm not going to go to math school right now in my car. But we're talking, yeah, like we're talking the 30, 35 maximum, 35 wins. That's low, and you're That's hurt. A tough one. You're, you're hurting me with that one. I do. I, I think they'll get closer to forty and be closer to the play. And I hope it's not a wasted season. We are fearing that now. Here, it's something we've had to come to grips with, uh, just because of how how deep a hole this is. But I don't know, man. Um, but also, you, I do want to push back on the fact that young guys can't contribute right away. Uh, we've got Jordan Hawkins. He's been so good. A uh, Jordan Hawkins would change your team. The best movement shooter in the draft. He's been lighting it up from deep. They've sort of changed their scheme offensively to benefit his style of play. That would really help you. What did he go, 14th? So if you could get somebody like him, you've got Derek Lively, who's producing as a big man at the 10, at the 10 or 11 spot. I know it was Dallas' spot that they traded with. So I think they got him 10, 11. And so he's been contributing. Keontae George has been really good. You can find him. If you're a good enough talent evaluator, they're there. Maybe they're not. Maybe one, two, three, four, five aren't good, but you're going to get somebody good at 12 if you're smart. But but can you put that player with a nucleus, right, that's already you got, what, 24-year-olds with these guys. Your stars are still so young. You know, I, I realize we've said things like it fits the timeline, but isn't what they need now through what we've been, whether it's an OG or somebody, don't they need to try? That, that's my point. I think the fix, Trista, and it can't just be for this this year, it needs to be something that you're looking at for next season and maybe beyond, is going out and getting a more veteran uh, player, whether it's that at the three. Good. Yeah, I just, I do. And putting that with a young nucleus of John, as much as more talent, I feel like I'm with you, it could help. I just think the way for them, if we're talking about climbing, taking it to the next step, um, you're not going to beat the Denver's of the world. It doesn't feel like with a bunch of young guys out there. I would just, I would probably go older. I don't know what that move looks like right now. Like we know, like Rob Williams is off the table, and maybe now it's a wing that you need. We'll figure it out. Um, but right now, it's a mess. I do think there's still a path out, but the, it's getting darker and darker. There is no question about it in terms of uh, what the rest of the season could look like. Hopefully, there's a there's a son coming out soon, and maybe that son's name is Santia Fiba Santi Aldama. We're getting the Spain Fiba Santi Aldama uh, right now. In terms of uh, the rest of the league, real quick, Tris, because I know you're driving. I want you to be safe. I don't want to hold you too long. Um, right now, um, it looks like, and, and we just saw it firsthand, uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, who did dispatch, even without Jalen, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in a recent matchup, it looks like they are right now the standard. I guess you could say the same thing about Denver. Uh, for you, which one's setting it? I think it's still Denver. Denver, to me, is the is the team. You're talking about in general or just in the East? Yeah, bet, best team in the league overall. You'd hand it over to right now, Denver? Yeah, because they're still winning a lot of games without Jamal Murray. I don't think people are... Uh, aware or remembering the fact that he went down with an injury early on in the season. So they're da- down a a guy who I think probably, if he didn't get injured, was going to get an all-NBA spot, probably second-team all-NBA. Well, that's what we saw from him in the playoffs. That's what we know he can be when the lights are the brightest. You know, they've got so much there. They are the standard blueprint for every team to want to build. You're seeing Sacramento try to do the same thing, right? You've got a, a European guy, big, who can distribute the ball. He can get you blocks. He can get you rebounds. He can also be that fulcrum part, part of the offense. You've got a guy that can get you buckets down the stretch in De'Aaron Fox and Jamal Murray. Uh, you've got a, a two-way wing. Michael Porter Jr. is not a two-way wing, but that's what you have in Keegan Murray who can hit threes. 
So, yeah, this big, rangy six 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 seven. So, yeah, I think Denver's still the standard. I think Philly is a, a definite dark horse because the way that they've been playing looks different, feels different, gives me a different, more winning, less stinky, this is a loser team culturally vibe. Um, Boston, obviously, they're Boston, but again, down the stretch, Boston goes to ISO, and I, I can't roll with a team that does that. Mm-hmm. I wonder about their depth. Uh, I do wonder about Boston's depth as well. You know, that starting five, we've seen it, uh, is so is so, uh, is so dominant. There's no question about it. Trista, we appreciate you. I want you to drive safely. I appreciate you doing this while you're driving, but you should you should have told us. You should have told us. I, I'd have shortened it up a little well, bit. Well, I, I thought I was going to be back. Yep. I, I thought I was going to be back in time, but you know what? i got to give you guys the love. No, I love you. We really appreciate uh, I it. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. You too. I'm grateful to y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, and I hope you guys have a, a, a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day to you. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Finally, we talk some hoops with Damian Barling and Kenny Carraway of D'Lo and Casey in Sacramento, ESPN 1320. My favorite time of the week is Trista Tuesdays, so here is a sample of why it's so damn fun. We get into the Kings and who they may add to get them over the top, as well as the future of Davion Mitchell. Ooh, let's listen in. Lou Will got in trouble during the bubble yep. for going to Magic City in Atlanta and for the Wings. Lou Williams, I'm sorry, is an unserious player. He is, yeah. an uns- he is a great six man. He is a walking bucket. But he is not a player truly that moves the needle on a championship team. And his head is in the wrong place when it, as it relates to being a professional basketball player. Also, second, secondarily, I've, I didn't even comment about this online because I wanted to talk about it here. Secondly, you're on the road 41 games a year. There's all kinds of places for you to go. You're constantly, you're barely even in your home city. Don't let's not, and let's not act like Sacramento is Milwaukee. It's no. not. It's not Milwaukee. Nobody's slandering Milwaukee like they slander Sacramento. 
I had never been to Sacramento until I came to see you guys twice last year. Mm. I have found this is going to make the chatty house go a little pop and popping, but I have found myself going on hot pads multiple times to see <laughs> what's up in Sacramento for housing. <laughs> it's a great spot. West coast, close to everything, hour and a half away from San Francisco in and out airports. One of the best in the business, LA right there. Portland, where I'm from, right there. Vegas, right there. And it's more affordable than some of the other places. It's a little less affordable than I thought, which gives you is a testament to how good Sacramento is. Weather is impeccable. Very, like, very, the climate is good. Like, I actually love Sacramento. I love, I love Sacramento. <laughs> we love you. We do. TK, we were having a conversation. Your boy, Sham Sharani, was talking yesterday about the Kings being a trade destination is kind of where the Lou Williams thing came from uh, and mentioned three names, Zach Levine, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. I think we know, uh, especially given today's gift to promote the show, uh, how you feel about Zach Levine. But what about the other two? If you could pick one of those two Toronto Raptors to be a Sacramento King, which one would it be? I think it would be OG. I like them both. I think there's interesting roles for both of them to have. Pascal probably has higher upside. We saw what he could be in 2019 when he played with Kawhi, you know, how his role was there. His usage rate is all the way down. How they're using him in Toronto is very suspicious. I think they're trying to box him out, right? I don't mm -hmm. think he stays. They didn't want to extend him. I was talking to somebody who covers the Toronto Raptors quite closely, an analytics guy. Check the podcast. That that um that interview was really, really good. He kind of broke down some very key things about what's going on over there. But I, I think that he was gonna sign for the max, not even super max. It was like, whatever, just pay me the the max money and I'll stay. And they were like, No, we're not even gonna offer you that. We're gonna let you go to free agency for nothing. So I think he's probably the most available. I think he probably fits better with Keegan because he plays a little bit of a different role than OG. OG's defensively is just so good, though. Mm. And he's really good in catch-and-shoot catch three scenarios, whereas Pascal is a little bit more spotty. I think mm. production-wise, Pascal is a little bit of a roller coaster. But we saw the other day, I think he had 30, 11, and two steals against the Wizards. I know it is the Wizards, and they're defensively a sieve. But we know what Pascal can be. I think consistency-wise, I like OG. I like his defense. I think the fit might be better for Pascal, but I'm kind of like, they're like 50, 50, the same to me. Yeah. I, I went with uh, Siakam and it wasn't even really a diss towards OG. I just, I feel like I, I value OG a little less than most people do. Um, but I, I, I think he's a great ball player. I just like Siakam. I mean, I, I've seen Siakam. And he may not be the same player, but in the highest moments, be one of the two or three best players on the court, you know, in those NBA finals uh, against the Warriors. And, you know, you've seen him in other situations. There was times when Kawhi left when it was like, all right, well, now Siakam's number one. He's not going to be able to hold up. And it looked like that for a little while. And then he got his game together and he started cooking for a little while. So and he's not even going to be asked to be number one here. I, I just I like Siakam a little bit better, but. OG, OG, if, if they got OG, there's a bunch and of benefits to that, too. I think OG will get paid more, too. 
Mm. OG's going to get a big bag. Big, big bag. Mm. I like okay. Caruso the most, though. Caruso. Really? Over like over, him. over the two Raptors? I I think he's just on a better contract situation. That's oh. really it, like monetarily. I think a backup point guard, <laughs> or you could play him. Think about him and Fox together in the backcourt. And maybe you move Harrison, and then it's Alex. It's Caruso, Fox, uh, Herder, Keegan, Sabonis. I think defensively, you become really good. Maybe you could think that Keegan's a little undersized at that position, but it's still interesting to me. And like you have another sure-handed ball handler outside uh, of Fox, so that you can't really trap Fox. And he's a good three-point shooter now. And his on-ball defense is so good. So you get the on-ball defense of Davion, but you get more offensive production, and you get him at a really inexpensive price. OG and Pascal Siakam are going to be quite expensive. True. Very true. Do you – this is a conversation we were having earlier, and it could get louder, could get quieter, depending on how the next couple of weeks go. But does Davion Mitchell fit? here in Sacramento I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't know it's getting hard to have confidence that he does I love Davion you guys know how I feel about I, Davion I know I've got like a soft spot for him too you know but it, he started to register DMPs and we've been waiting for this thing with him and Mike to like meet and form like this superpower hmm. and it's, it, it's not Happening. I think it's less about him fitting with the talent on the team than it is him fitting with what Mike wants to do and what Mike is valuing. So I think roster-wise, he does fit. We saw him play really well against uh, against Steph Curry, right? He was locking Steph up game one, game two. We were really, I was, we were sitting next to each other, standing next to each other, very impressed. His on-ball defense, he was getting into Steph's space, making everything difficult for him. Steph had a horrible shooting night. I think it was game one. And that was day-day, right? He had some really big threes. He had some critical, uh, like, drives into the lane. So I think, I think he fits but I don't know with the additions that they've made, whether he's getting squeezed out. And I don't love that for him personally. And I think he could probably do more than the role that he has, but I don't think he's going to get that opportunity. And that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I feel the same way that, that you do about Davion and his potential fit here in Sacramento, but it may be a situation. And this is what we talked about when I said, you know, it's kind of, it's going to be in every trade discussion because that ship may have sailed, you know, regardless of if he can fit or not, uh, he may not get the opportunity at this point they're they've moved on with Keon Duarte, Kobe Jones, or whatever the case may be. The key, the key on is really the part that's killing them. <laughs> that's the part. That's the part. I, that's, I smell what you're cooking. I, I, I know. I know. What, what what do you mean by that? Elaborate. What do you mean the Keon part is killing it? It's just if Keon doesn't exist on this team, and, and Keon's had some good games, too, and he looked really good, and production-wise, and he's getting starts, and you're like, ooh, Keon's getting starts. Oh, no, Davion. Like, <laughs> Ke Ke that's the immediate thing. And I'm sure Kings fans feel this way, too, Eric. You're like, Keon in the starting lineup? Like, 
if I'm Davion, I'm like, what the, what the, you're like, you're texting your friends, like, are you serious? Yeah. And then he plays well, and you're like, you know, angry face emoji. You're happy to see your teammates do well, and you're happy to see the team succeed in general. But we're all individuals here, and we've got mouths to feed, whether that's our own, whether that's family members, whether that's people we love. We've got a career to build. And Keon does not help Davion's career in Sacramento at all. Yeah. I mean, to elaborate on what Trist is saying, like, obviously I haven't talked to Davion, but I can imagine that happens. He's like, yo, <laughs> I destroy this guy every time we play. He's a two-way player. And he's starting he's, – you're going to start him over me? This is re- – I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right, right. So – no, you guys had, know how I feel about I love Davion. You know, and like you know. Davion is a dude, as a dude, he's about as good as it comes. He is so no solid. No I doubt. see him out. I walked by uh inside Summer League and I'm walking across the court. I don't see him. He sees me. He jogs up, grabs my arm. He's like, What's up? Like, where you been at? What's what's been happening with your life? Like, where are you? Like, what's been new? I just wanted to say hi. Like, you're going to come by and not say anything. Like, he's just a solid person. Out, You know, like, athletes, they have their own. There's a median morality code for professional athletes, right? Like, there's an ego to this. Every, you know, entertainment industry has, an, like, a median ego. He just does not have that. I hate to see this for him. Yeah. And. To be, I want to say this to be fair to Keon. Keon, whatever it is that Mike was looking for, he executed it. Yep. You know, and he's he's had his opportunity, regardless how you know it came up, and he's taking advantage of it. So I hope he gets well soon, just in general. But because yeah. of that, like he got a two way guy, got undrafted. A to be a pro I think yeah. undrafted guy got his opportunity. Tremendous story, yeah. amazing story. He's Damn, perfect for the Rando report, but can't do it to Davion, so he doesn't make it. <laughs> Sorry, I have my limits. Well, everyone who goes to D'Lo and Casey.com and buys the Trista Crick hoodie, just make sure you tag Trista on social media so she can show her mom. That's right. Yep. Then you can text me, text me mom's address and I'll send her some, some Trista. <laughs> I will make, oh, I will make sure to do that. All right, TK. Love you. We'll talk Thank to you later. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Many thanks to my homies on BetMGM tonight, Jason Smith in Memphis, D'Lo and Casey in Sacramento, of course, Jake Fisher. Come back Monday for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes which appear uh, unexpectedly like your dog whenever you open a string cheese. Do not forget to follow the Eat Check on social. Do not forget to follow us, download, subscribe, tell your friends, even that weird uncle who you see every once in a blue moon who falls asleep in the first quarter of every football game and then farts. Wake his ass up. Tell him about the heat check and follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll see you next time. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.